0: You are Locked on Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
1: day. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked on Longhorns podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kahn. Follow me on Twitter at PatSportsGuy. You can follow the show Locked on Horns on Twitter today. I have Ari Temkin of... The Big 12 radio show on Sirius XM channel 84 joining me. Ari, thanks for thanks for hopping on. Uh, seems like there's a lot to talk about in the in the world of Texas Longhorn Athletics. No, nothing going on. What are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, other than other than ducking your Kansas Jayhawks in football.
0: <laughs> well, they don't want a piece of that, you know?
1: I mean Yeah, right. I mean, they held Texas Tech to 16 points
0: right after a near win against tech by the way they were 27 and a half point underdogs kansas so i consider the three-point loss a win that goes in the win (laughs) column
1: it goes in the way so moral victory twitter for re timkin oh yeah easily uh, kansas kansas alum uh well (laughs) that mgm has texas favored by twenty-nine and a half. are you are you gonna are you gonna take kansas to cover if they play this game uh no no. No.
0: I would have taken before the season started I would have said in the Big 12 games I'll take them to cover against one team. And that's the team that they played last week.
1: <laughs> Texas Tech. <yeah. laughs> uh, it's, it's it's rough. It's rough. Um but I wanted to talk we I had Josh Neighbors on yesterday and we talked a little bit about the Urban Meyer situation. Um and then we talked about some of the takeaways from the Kansas state game. And I'll get your thoughts on that in a minute, but let's, let's start with urban Meyer situation. Um, I mean, it's pretty much a dead in the water now, but do, do you buy the, uh, health concern issues? I mean, I'm not saying that he doesn't have them. Uh, do you think it was more health concerns or the fact that he couldn't put together a staff with the guys that he wanted?
0: You know, that's a good, That's a good question. I would imagine. So health concerns are the main reason, right? That's, that's what we're hearing, mm-hmm. but yet those health concerns were there and have been there. So it's not like this is something new that suddenly sparked up that all of a sudden he's like, Oh, I should worry more about this. So certainly that makes it seem like what you're alluding to is probably more accurate where, you know, he just, he did the research and found out that maybe these aren't the, you know, the coaches, the acts, whatever it is. I like think he, 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 there was something more than just health. So I agree with you there. I don't know what it is. Maybe it was coaches, but at the end of the day, it's not like the the, the health thing, thing just started up. He had to know, you know, how, how he was feeling relative to that and had to have an idea of how his family felt relative to that. So, yeah, I think it's just a easy excuse for him perhaps, which is, you know, belying the truth.
1: Right. And I mean, something that we thought might pop up, you know, maybe maybe it was Shelly Meyer who's been pretty adamant about him not returning to coaching. Uh, you know, so that, that's not surprising. Right. However, the other two jobs that we have heard that Urban Meyer would return to outside of Texas was USC and in, in Notre Dame and Notre Dame, uh, Brian Kelly's there, obviously. Uh, but there have been coaching rumors about him possibly looking at the NFL. Uh, If either one of those jobs were to open up and urban Meyer was to take one. Does that then spring up some red flags about Texas that. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, one one of the top coaches on the market, you know, you could say essentially he's on the market. I mean, he, he said that he, He obviously was open because open to returning because he entertained the idea. Uh, But, you know, what, what does that say about Texas if he was to take one of these other two programs? I mean, is it that nobody wants to deal with these boosters? Is it, you know, is it the fact that uh, they don't like the fact that maybe they're entertaining the idea with Tom Herman still employed? I mean, what, what do you make of it?
0: No, I mean, I think if he were to return, let's say that Clay Helton is fired at USC and, and, you know urban meyer does take over that role that would speak very negatively to the texas program um because then it's you know about more than health right then it is Mm -hmm. about something more specific about the program itself about boosters about fans expectations i mean he went on fox and basically brought up how unrealistic fans expectations are for these top level programs which seems fairly absurd when focused in on michigan and texas in particular because i don't think expectations for those two programs to be consistent you know title contenders is that outrageous or outlandish Um, especially michigan given that that's like one of the top programs of the country in terms of all-time wins so yeah i mean it it's um i, I don't think it has anything to do with well, they're looking at her. I don't think he was upset they were looking at him when Tom Herman's still employed because um, he he was certainly one advocating for Tom Herman to no longer be employed. I mean, he was very uh, outward in his thoughts on Herman as a coach and, and this particular program and not developing players. I mean, he said that multiple times
1: throughout Fox's coverage. So yeah, I mean, you, he talked about uh, at length. He talked about the infrastructure, right? How's your, how's your recruiting? You know, how's your right? you know, right. strength and conditioning, you know, and all these things that he discussed. And he said, you know, those are like his guys. Like he said, my number two guy was always my strength and conditioning coach. And, you know, I, I think he's right. He's like, when you lift under the hood, look under the hood, after you lift it up, I mean, development's an issue Uh, and you can look at the NFL draft and the fact that Texas hasn't had an offensive player drafted in the first round since 2006. Uh, that was Vince Young. Uh the Texas Longhorns haven't had a defensive player drafted in the first round since 2015. And we're talking about, uh, Malcolm Brown. And so you look at those two things and that's huge. And maybe they alleviate that this year because Samuel Cosby and Joseph Desire both viewed as first round draft picks, you know, maybe, so maybe they take care of that this year, but for the most part, uh, you're, you're looking at a football team that, that, uh, is underperforming, like you said, and, and expectations level. And they're not meeting that, but I, I, I want to cry h- hypocrisy here for a moment to hear. And I've, you know, even Kirk Herbstreit, he said, maybe that it was unrealistic expectations. It's like, Kirk, you picked Texas to be one of the final four in the college football playoffs. <laughs> so you can't tell me it's, <laughs> it's unrealistic fan expectations and then turn around and set the expectation. <laughs> Right, and and th- that's the thing. It's like with media, you the reason why Texas is always in the limelight is because you put them there. Uh, and, and they they talk at length about Texas, so and, and we're, we're going to get into more of this conversation here in a minute. But I wanted to switch gears with the Ari. All right, before I finish my conversation with Ari Temkin, I'll tell you about our friends over at Coors Light. So these days. You know Everything is go, go, go. We're nonstop all the time. Work, friends, kids have practice. They have their games to get to. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn it all off, hit the reset button, and that's where you reach for the Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer that's literally made to chill, and that is Coors Light. So reach into that fridge. Get that beer that is cold lager, cold filtered, made from that Rocky Mountain water. As always, you want to celebrate responsibly with the beer that's made by the Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado. And it it's that moment that lets you just relax. I mean, once you hear the, the crack open of the can, you know that you're about to chill out. That's the great thing. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit that reset button, you want to reach for that beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light. And you can even get it brought right to your door. You don't even have to go anywhere. All you got to do is go to get.coorslight.com for when you need to chill. Now, even if your team is not playing, on a Tuesday night, we have the Dallas Cowboys playing a Baltimore Ravens in this wild and wacky 2020 season. If it's not your team but you still want to take in that sports and you want to relax, you want to hit that reset button, make sure that you reach for the beer. That is made to chill, and we're talking about. Core's Light. All right, we're going to talk a little bit of basketball uh, with Ari Tempkin about the Texas Longhorns team and get his thoughts. But make sure that you tune in on Wednesday's show. We're going to start the prep work talking a little bit about Kansas, uh, what's going on there. Is that game gonna happen uh, with the COVID issues on the Texas side, and, and maybe some what we're looking for? Make sure you're checking out tomorrow's show, Wednesday, locked on Longhorns, wherever you get your podcast, and make sure you tune in each and every day. But to, but definitely on Wednesday as we get you ready for Texas, Kansas, All right? But let's finish up our conversation. Uh, talk some hoops with Ari Kimkin. Uh, Texas hoops is it something over. that. It is quite the switchover. It's kind of interesting, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. The Shaka Smart was under heat last year, much like Tom Herman. And I think the pandemic actually saved him from being fired. Yes. And so now you come in with a a new season where he has his entire team from last year, plus, oh, by the way, the number one player in Texas, top – 10 in the country, and Greg Brown. What are your early thoughts? You know, they're sitting at 4-1. and one. They lost a nail-biter to Villanova, who's a top-15 program. What are your initial thoughts looking at this basketball team?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing that stands out is how horribly inconsistent this team was the last couple of years, where they'd win a game, like, against North Carolina and then lose to, you know, North Carolina A&T. You know, it was just – just no consistency where they would beat bad beat good teams and lose to bad teams pretty consistently. And so I think, you know, first five games of the season and you have sort of an expectation of, okay, I know what, what to expect from this team. And that, like, that is huge when you at least have an idea of what the limitations are, what the expectations are on a game to game basis you know, that's way better than just not knowing having wild swings of, well, they play bad against bad teams and play really good against good teams. You know, that was sort of the issues that they had been dealing with. And look, I mean, they played game. they were going to play a game in the big 12 tournament that was going to be probably decide Shaka smarts fate. If They'd beaten tech. They'd probably get into the tournament and therefore Shaka is still their coach. If they don't, I think there's a good chance. They're looking for a new head coach. So you're right. I think the pandemic really saved his job and in many ways, you can look so positively back on that because you know they, they do return this exact team. They bring in a really talented player and Greg Brown, as you mentioned. So like this is the best crack that Shaka Smart has at being successful and winning a tournament game, which he obviously has not done since coming to 40 acres.
1: Yeah, Yo, absolutely. You're right. I mean, he did win the um the NIT tournament, but you're right. As far as the success in the NCAA tournament, we haven't seen that yet. So my big question is if you could point to a couple of players on this basketball team right now who you think are contributing to their success there's two that i have in mind and, and guys that i don't think get enough love uh but i kind of want to wanted to hear who kind of couple of players that you you look at and say the, they're these guys are the reason why they're doing so well
0: well i mean you got to start with greg brown right um mm-hmm. you know i mean to me, that's a huge piece to it. Um, you know, I mean, there's guys you can single out in their backcourt too. I mean, that, I think that's what makes this team so good from the start is they've got really good depth in their backcourt. Um, I mean, Matt Coleman obviously is, you know, just, I mean, he's taking over games at the game winner against, uh, it was in North Carolina. North Carolina. That game win- yeah. Mm-hmm. Against North Carolina at that game winning shot. Um, and I, I mean, I'll tell you a guy that I think is extremely underappreciated and that would be Jericho Sims. And we saw this guy really emerge last year. He kind of came on strong. He's not going to be your focal point, but he's a guy that can, you know, protect the glass can, can block shots, you know, can kind of be active for you as you, you, you know, you, you have uh, big bodies in the middle. And I think he can take a lot of the pressure off of Greg Brown to have to bang with some of the big bodies inside. I think that's a huge piece of like, all right. You know, you've got a big man that he's got to go up against and put Jericho Sims on him. That takes some of the pressure off of Greg Brown. So, I, you know, I, I think Jericho Sims and Greg Brown are two guys because they've got great depth in their backcourt, Coleman and Ramey and Jones and Andrew, you know, Kai and Andrew Jones, Jones and Jones. But uh, I think, you know, Greg Brown and, and and Jericho Sims can make this team a little bit different. Uh, and, and Sims can take some of the pressure off of Greg Brown in terms of having to defend some of the big bodies inside that they're going to see throughout
1: the course of this year. You know, one name that I like to bring up is my energy guy. I'm talking about Brock Cunningham. I mean, he's he's a scrappy uh he's a scrappy a player as I can remember watching in recent years, especially at Texas. Um like how much how much does he mean to this this basketball team that he you know with his ability to dive on the floor, he's gonna get you an extra possession here and there. And and when you talk about close games against a North Carolina, against a Davidson, against you know uh against a Villanova uh those those possessions can really be the difference in a, in a game where you win or lose
0: no I totally I mean you need a player like him on your team you know um last year he was so huge you know because he kind of emerged out of nowhere last year and became a guy that can at times sit down knock down some pretty big threes for you and I thought that was you know, that was a huge piece to to them last year. He's he's got to improve his three-point shooting. I don't think he was very consistent at it. But there were games where it's like, oh, okay, he, at least he can help me stretch the floor a little bit. And I think that's, you know, beyond the other things, you know, loose balls, scrappy, playing defense, you know, knocking being able to knock down three pointers consistently is gonna be a huge piece to him too, because he just extends their three-point shooting where last year they just have much of it. now this year they they seem to have an abundance of it.
1: Yeah, and Jace Peveris isn't even back yet, which is arguably their best three-point, best three-point shooter. shooter. Yep, yep, Um, You know, he's streaky, but, you know, when he's on, he's on, and, and he's deadly from three. Uh, the other guy that I wanted to bring up was Kai Jones because I kind of feel like, you know, he's kind of been the forgotten man with Greg Brown coming in now, but, you know, he can come in, he can play the four, he can play the five, and and much like Cunningham, to me, he's a high-energy guy. He's your high flyer in the transition game. I mean, We've seen several times where he'll catch an alley-oop dunk and, you know, it just, he brings the energy to that basketball team. And, you know, in basketball, I think energy is almost as important as anything uh, that you can't quantify on the floor. I mean, when, when you have a guy like that, who's, who's catching those lobs and making plays for you and, and being a banger inside, uh, it helps just as much as the guys outside shooting threes or 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 driving to the paint driving into the paint
0: well i mean there are just not many teams in college basketball that can go six ten six ten six eleven you know or six nine six ten six eleven and that's you know kai jones brings the size and the athleticism jericho sims as we talked about is another guy that has that and then you know you mentioned greg brown who's i mean that's three guys at this point playing meaningful minutes for you that are you know, six, nine, six, ten, six, eleven, and that's huge. I mean, a lot of teams have you know one of those guys. Texas has three of them. One of them is an elite player in terms of an elite level skill set. But you're right. I mean, Kai Jones has kind of been the forgotten man, and I even think Sims to a lesser degree too because of you know he kind of emerged last year and became such a crucial piece in terms of rebounding, blocking shots, you know, deflecting shots to the rim, those kinds of things. And and I you know again, when you have a, a player like a Greg Brown and he's just not protected by other good size in the interior that can have some diminishing returns over the course of the season, you know, in terms of, of now you're having a consistently bang with the big bodies in the big 12 down low. And, you know, and, and that's not going to be the case this year because they just have protection for, for Greg Brown in the, in the form of Kai Johnson, Jericho Sims.
1: So if you're chasing all of these rumors of Tom Herman, you're staying up late at night, checking all the message boards, the latest rumors about what's going on with Tom Herman, Urban Meyer, The best way you can keep that energy up is at Built Go. So head on over to BuiltGo.com. Use that promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D. You're getting 20% off your next order. If you've got a big presentation or you're just low on energy, you've got that 2 o'clock feeling in the afternoon, you can reach in and pop that Built Go. Just pop it right in. Pop it in your mouth and you will be good to go. You're going to get your energy back. You don't have that crash feeling because it's 100% natural. It's going to help you break through that wall. So just make sure that you go to builtgo.com. Use that promo code LOCKED. You're getting 20% off. Yeah, the rim protector is definitely key. uh, And that's really what Jericho Sims is. Uh, So the, the latest Ken Palm rankings that I saw. I had Texas at number 4. They had wow. four Big 12 teams in the top 10. Uh talking about West Virginia, Texas Tech, Baylor, uh Kansas. Uh what's the what's the ceiling for Texas this year? Are, are they a team that could contend to be a top 3 Big 12 team, have a shot at the Big 12 championship, um or are they a team that's looking to finish probably third and then hopefully make a run in the in the tournament obviously because uh, once you get into the big dance, anything can happen, as we've seen over the years.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I don't see any reason why this team can't compete for a Big 12 championship. You know, obviously, this is – Baylor is far and away the best team in this conference. And, you know, me as a Kansas guy, it's hard for me to, you know, to really say that and, and mean it. But, man, they are just so good and experienced that I, I kind of feel like, all right, it's, it's Baylor and then everybody else. Who's fighting for second? Now, look, Kansas is still going to play a major role in the outcome of this season from a Big 12 championship perspective. But from throwing Kansas in there, why shouldn't I throw Texas in as well? I mean, they've got the ingredients, they've got depth in their backcourt, as we've talked about with Coleman and Ramey and Jones, and um, you know, and and as you mentioned, when Fabris cuts back, I mean, that's that's a lot deeper than most teams can go in terms of guards and and guard play, ball handlers. um, I think that's where Kansas is kind of limited. Kansas doesn't have a great ball handler like they've had in the past. I mean. Garrett is a, a really good player but he's not the same kind of player as a Frank Mason or some of these other guys they've had recently. Um and then their size in the interior so yeah I mean I don't when I watched Texas the first time this year it was like oh my god yeah they're going to be really good. I like I forgot it, it was like yeah they 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 basically returned their entire team from last year and then you add a guy like Greg Brown like this team's going to be really
1: good. So yeah I I was thinking the number 2 seed like you said you know I I figure Kansas is going to be there because uh, cause I look at head coaches, right. And, and Bill Self is a really good basketball coach. So you got him there. Uh, I think two, three and four are really going to battle it out to see who is number two. And I, and I'm talking about Texas, Texas tech and Kansas. I mean, you could even throw West Virginia in, in there as well. Right. I mean, uh, big 12 is, if you want right. to talk about murderous row in football is the sec uh more often than not that's what it is this year in in the big 12 in basketball because uh chris beard i mean he played in a national championship two years ago so i mean (laughs) or his team did you know so they, they have plenty of talent lots of talent uh let's let's talk about since you're the kansas guy let's talk a little bit about provided they play this game reports are that both texas and kansas want to play on saturday We've heard that and they have about 3.5 million reasons to do that. And we're talking about TV revenue uh, <laughs> in this game. What, what are you, what should people be looking for? Is this a game? And I think we both expect it will be a blowout. Is this a game where Texas is looking to get their young guys in early in the third quarter, uh, you know, and build some of those reps heading into the postseason, or is this a game where, you know, Hey, this is Sam Ellinger's last, probably his last regular season game. Let's let him have it, you know, let him uh, throw for as many yards as he can and get as close to as many records as possible. Or, or is this one where you got to go, we got to find out what we got. Let's get the young guys out there.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think this is a game that should be done by the end of the first half. And, you know, I say that knowing full well that Kansas nearly beat them last year, but this is just, you know, this is just a completely different uh, Kansas team, you know, and, they they've kind of gone back and forth between you know their their true freshman quarterback and Jalen Daniels and Miles Kendrick. Kendrick started against Tech. I would assume he's going to get the start against Texas as well. He gives them a better chance to win, quote unquote. But I mean, you look at his line from tech, 17 of 29, 102 yards. That's three and a half per throw. He's not very good. They're very limited. Even carrying the football, he's not very good. The reason that Kansas is able to get back into this game was. A lot of ways, what you know what what uh uh tech did for them, which was turn the football over. They lost three fumbles, they threw a pick. So it's like that's how you keep Kansas in a game. That's how you keep a game a three-point score. Um, you turn the ball over minus four in the turnover differential was tech. So Kansas doesn't turn the ball over at all. Reason they lose by three. So if Texas doesn't turn the ball over, then they'll there's no reason they shouldn't put up 69 points
1: you know again like they did uh, last week. Yeah, and they didn't turn the ball over. Uh, and Sam Ellinger's been really good at not turning the ball over. He has five interceptions all season. Uh, but Ari, I want to appreciate you hopping on to the Locked On Longhorns podcast. Make sure you're following Ari at Ari Sports on Twitter. Uh check him out Monday through Friday on the Big 12 radio show Sirius XM Channel 84. Thanks, Ari. Thank you. Well, sports fans, the wait is almost over. The 2020-2021 NBA season is almost here, and the Locked On NBA podcast will get you ready for a special week of shows starting December 14th. Get previews of every team division by division from all 30 of our Locked On local experts, including Locked On Rockets, talking a little bit about that trade with John Wall now coming to Houston. Uh, Plus, you get waiver wire editions from the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Rookies to watch from Chad Ford and predictions on each division from rejecting the Stream. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts. I want to give a special thanks for Ari Champion for jumping on the Locked On Longhorns podcast today. As we talked about a whole lot of stuff. I mean, you had Kansas. We talked about that game a little bit. Ari definitely doesn't think that they're going to be able to cover the spread in this one. It's it's looking at 29 and a half points. Obviously, we talked a good amount about the basketball team, and there's a lot to be excited about with them starting 4-1. and one. They got to match up with Baylor coming up. Uh, but that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Longhorn podcast. Make sure you're tuning in to Locked On NFL Draft. Trevor Sykema, Benjamin Solak, they're going to get you ready. Make sure you tell your smart device to play the latest episodes of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. Uh, but I will catch you on Wednesday. I'm out.